Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are tuned to the Nighttime Podcast, focused on the fringe of Canada. Hello, listeners. One of my favorite parts of creating this show has been the frequent involvement of you, the listeners. Be it through story ideas, providing your opinions, sharing tips, or calling in during the live recordings, I feel very lucky to host a show with such an engaged audience. Listeners of this show come from all over the world and from all backgrounds. Blue-collar, white-collar, young, old, all shades of color, and from across all the various spectrums that make up our human experience. So I guess it's not surprising that there are many listeners of Nighttime who have had experiences with ghosts, hauntings, and the beyond. And it's some of these listeners who are going to take the lead tonight. Earlier this month, I made a post across the various nighttime social media accounts requesting listeners who believe they've had had an encounter with the supernatural to contact me. And well, you didn't disappoint. Just as I had expected, some of you listening are as haunted as an abandoned greenhouse with a horrifying backstory. And we're going to hear all about it. So let's get into it. Pour a drink, dim the lights, and let's get cozy. Tonight... In this Halloween special, we're going to hear from a collection of nighttime listeners who will share their experiences with the beyond. Yeah, I'm on uh, Vancouver Island, uh, down here in BC. Um, I've been following you and Paul's uh, Nova Scotia story for... For a while, and I, I tune in and, and been following that quite closely. Oh, um, and then, yeah, I saw I saw your shout out for uh, the ghost. And you you've been affected by the great beyond in some way in your life, I guess. Uh, yeah, I have. I was about um, three or four years old, um, and we had moved into this house, and I had gotten my mom had done the bedroom, and it had like wall like wallpaper with like animals that were dancing, but it was just like a strip along the top. Like, so not all the wallpaper, but it was solid color and then just like a strip along the top with like dancing, happy. It's a very 80s look. Yeah, it's the 80s kids bedroom. Yeah, totally. So I had that bedroom um, painted in this house and we all moved in. And then I started having like sporadic, they started as like night terrors. So I'd, I'd wake up in the middle of the night just screaming for my mom and just angry and upset and <clears throat> my mom would have to come in and at this point, I'm probably, yeah, three, three and a half. So trying to tell my mom what's going on was quite difficult. Um, so like all I could really tell her that was that like my wallpaper was coming alive. And like those animals on the wallpaper were like coming at me and scaring me and freaking me out. And so she'd have to sit with me and calm me down. And I had this like, we called it a pacha, but this thing that I used to suck my thumb with and like hug and it was like, um a knitted thing my grandma had made so we used to she used to pretend it was the channel changer and we'd change the channel and put them nice the nice animals back and then you know calm me down and then let me fall asleep and it was really sporadic like at first and then so it would happen maybe once or twice a week and then wouldn't happen again for a couple weeks 
and then what happened again. And for the first little bit, it was just, yeah, my wallpaper was coming alive and I was like terrified mm -hmm. of this wallpaper. <clears throat> and then the longer we got there, there was a few like really crazy, unexplainable like episodes. Um, and they started kind of ramping up towards the end. I think we lived there for a year and a half or like, just over a year or something. And they started ramping up like the longer we lived there. And she's not sure if it was like I was getting older and or what, but it was definitely ramping up. And so one of the worst ones she described is I was having my my regular night terror. But instead of describing the um, animals coming off the wall, I started describing like the road breaking and the house shaking and things falling from the sky and breaking. And so my mom like was kind of sitting there listening to me and she's like, <clears throat> well, that's kind of sounds like she's describing like an earthquake. Maybe like it sounds like maybe she was having, you know, a nightmare about an earthquake. So she went through her thing, sat with me, everything was, yeah, you know, I went back to sleep. Usually I didn't wake up a second time. It was just like one episode. She got me back to sleep and everybody could go. And she woke up in the morning um, and on the news, there was like a huge um, earthquake in Egypt. And she was sitting there like in shock being like what she's like that's exactly and like they were showing pictures of like roads breaking down like the middle of roads and stuff and she was just sitting there like oh my god that's exactly what my daughter just described me last night wow. that is that is freaky i i just want to ask have you ever had like uh anything that led you to think you had like psychic energy or it could be a medium or something like what what would connect you with what's happening in egypt you know, we, me and my mom talked about it and like, it, we moved out of that house and like none of this stuff happened again. Huh. And I've never really felt really any kind of psychic or anything like that since we moved out of that house. So it's something specific to that it house. something specific in that house. Hmm. Um, yeah, because it was, it was a 1992 October earthquake in, in Egypt. Uh, my mom went and looked it up just out of curiosity. Um <clears throat> And then I would have like some more night terror nights and just kind of the normal. Most of it was like my wallpaper was alive. Weird. That is a really creepy thought though. Cause I can almost picture that eighties, you know, there's probably like a little bear on a tricycle and you know, a kangaroo jumping rope. Yeah. Yes. And they got enough, enough umbrellas <laughs> and balloons and shit. Yeah. Totally. So, um, and then, so another, um, one, like it, like it was weird. Cause like you said, it was like, I had psychic abilities. Cause another weird night that my mom just like, can't explain is so we were already in bed and her friends, uh, invited her over to make like spider. It was, it was around the same time, October. So we were like getting ready for, for Halloween. And, um, she, we were, me and my brother were already in bed. So she went over to her friend's house to make these like spider cookies with her girlfriend and her kids. And she, so she didn't tell me about it because she actually didn't know when she was going over there that that's what they were doing. We went to bed, she went to her friend's house and they happened to be making these spider cookies for Halloween. Um, so she comes home, goes to bed. We're all sitting around like breakfast the next morning. And she hasn't said, I don't even know that she's left. Like I was in bed and I was sitting there and I told her about the dream that I had last night. And it was where we went over to Mr. and Mrs. S's and we all made spider cookies for Thanksgiving or for Halloween. And again, my mom was sitting there like, what? Like, that's what I did last night. And she was just like, so like, she didn't even know how to respond because there was no way I would know that. 
I was I was a three year old in bed and I woke up. I'm like, I had this like vivid dream that we were all making spider Halloween cookies at Mrs. S's. That is bizarre. I'm almost picturing so not to ex try to explain it, but I'm almost picturing that like this house somehow is able to just see what's going on in the world. And for whatever reason, it's channeling it through like, you know, the, the little girl sleeping upstairs. Yeah. And, and like, so my mom, like, and, and like my brother was young enough. He was sleeping through, like he was a little, but he was sleeping through the night and like was like an infant. So like he wasn't really affected. My mom and dad never really felt anything. It was just me. It was just this bedroom. Um, and she says like, as soon as she moved, we moved out the day we moved out, I have never had another anything like that. And I still haven't to this day. Wow. Have you ever like gone by that house or anything just to see if you feel anything? Uh, you know what? It's been a while since I thought about it. So I haven't, but I was having that thought last night. I was like, I should go and check out this house and maybe even like talk to the owners and be like, yo, how's your experience in this house? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it'd be, if you do report back, I would be very curious. I will. I will. No, me and my mom were talking about that last night. So I was like, did you ever like talk to previous owners or anything? And she's like, no, but I've always wanted to because she's like, it was so weird. She took me to the doctors um, and like they were just putting it off as night terrors and like, oh, it's something that, you know, three year olds go through just a phase type thing she was like i don't know man <laughs> she's predicting the future and seeing things happening in egypt i'm samantha cole host of the new season of understood the Pornhub empire over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Aaron Habel of Generation Y, and with me is Jack Luna of Dark Topic. We'd like to introduce you to Marooned, a new podcast that's sure to capture your attention. Tales of the catastrophically lost are what we have to offer. Hikers swallowed by the woods. Explorers discovering nothing but destitution. True crime calamity. Oddities of harrowing human experience. It's a museum of misadventure. So pack a lunch. Subscribe to Marooned wherever you find podcasts. We are waiting. Please hurry. Thank you. So I was, uh, I was actually in Barrie, Ontario when this had happened. Okay. Um, I was going to school. Uh, I was taking environmental and it was just kind of a lazy, lazy day. I was just, yeah, waking up in the morning, doing some texting. I was texting my sister when it kind of happened. So yeah, like you said, I was not in a creepy old house. I was in, you know, a pretty, pretty modern house. It was... Hmm, must have been eight o'clock in the morning. It was daylight. It was not, I guess, your typical scene for that kind of situation. Yeah. And we've all been there where you're just kind of laying in bed, like half awake, texting someone or scrolling through, you know, your newsfeed or something. Yours turned unique, though. What? Tell, tell me what happened. Yeah, exactly. So um, I just finished texting my sister and uh, put my phone down. I kind of just cut this weird feeling like I felt like I was being watched. Um, and like I said, I was in the bedroom, so I turned around and I looked in the doorway, um, and that's where I seen this woman standing there. 
Um, and I was completely alone in the house. Everyone had left, doors were locked, and I knew that I was alone. Uh, the odd thing about this woman was she was dressed in like this full red ball gown. Like she looked like she came from the 30s or 40s. Huh. And, and like when you say standing there, like did it seem like she, was there anything unusual about her appearance other than, you know, what she was wearing and the fact that she was somewhere she shouldn't have been? Like, did she seem just like a regular person in this crazy dress standing there? Or was she like, you know, see-through or something? <laughs> no, no, she honestly just looked like a regular person. Like I was looking at another, like I was looking at you in a doorway. It was a, it was a regular person um she didn't she didn't say anything she didn't really move she was just looking at me and she smiled at me and and that was it and i just i couldn't look away i was almost i wasn't scared or anything i didn't feel fear but i was frozen just staring at her going what what am i seeing do you recall how she how you lost sight of her like did she walk off or did you pass out from shock and fear <laughs> What it was, was so I had stared at her for a good while and uh, probably about 30 seconds and she's just staring and she smiled at me and I kind of, honestly, for a second, it was like, am I going crazy? So I stared at her as long as I could um, without blinking. I did not blink. I was just staring at her. And as soon as I blinked, it was that quick. She was gone. There was nothing, no noise, no nothing. When I blinked, she was just gone. Wow, and this this woman in the doorway, did you could you get a sense of like age and condition? Like, was she injured? Was she an old lady? Like, what does she look like? No, she was a very very young lady. Like I said, like straight out of like the thirties or forties. She looked to be, I would say, not even twenty. Okay. Um, very young. Like she had like like her face like makeup on, like very subtle, but she was very well put together. And yeah, she was probably around the same age I was at the time, around 20 or something like that. Um, and yeah, she looked like a normal human being just standing in my doorway. Um, I think I would have lost my mind after that happened. What did you do? Like after you, you blink, she's gone. I'm, I'm assuming you're probably thinking like, did that happen? What that like, how did you react to this? I, I blinked and I knew it had happened. As soon as I blinked and she was gone, much grabbed my cell phone that I was texting on, uh, grabbed my bag that was beside me and kind of did a quick little once over in the house, checked everything again was locked. And I was like, I'm not staying here alone. <laughs> Jeez. And you, so you thought, did you think, did you, were you thinking someone broke in or were you like, it's a ghost? Like I said, I didn't hear anything in this um, bedroom was at the end of a hallway that has okay. very squeaky floors. Mm. So if someone's walking into the bedroom or out, you can hear it and I never heard it. So I knew that, you know, it was something totally different. Yeah. I get what you mean. My house is that way too. It's like, I can hear someone if they were, you know, way down the hall, like read, no one would ever yeah, be able yeah. to sne sneak up. Um, your story evolves beyond this though, where you, you see this lady woman in the red dress looking like she appears from the thirties or forties. Um, but the story continues. So what, what happens next? So uh, after that, so my go-to person is my dad. My dad is 100% a believer. If I talk to anyone about this, they think I am absolutely crazy. So I kind of was like, okay, I got to go to school. And I was like, I'm calling my dad after school. So I'm at school and I'm kind of thinking about it and, you know, just thinking about how bizarre it was. And I couldn't make any sense of it as to anything, right? Mm -hmm. So 
I, um, I tried calling my dad. He didn't answer. So I sent him a text saying, I got something weird to tell you. Like, call me when you can't. So finally, um, he had actually come to visit. So I'm telling him the story uh, of how, you know, I'm there texting. And then I feel like someone's watching me and I look up and I see this woman in a ball dress. And my dad's face just drops. It goes white. Like, he looks like a ghost. He is white. <sighs> and he asked me if I've talked to my grandfather. And I'm like, no. Well, why? Like, what does he have to do with this? And he told me that you need to go talk to your grandfather, who at the time he was probably about 87 or so. Mm. And uh, so I'm like, you know, tell me. So uh, he tells me that the day before my dad had talked to my grandfather, my grandfather had told him of a story of how he was in bed. He wakes up and he felt like someone was watching him. And he looks in his doorway in his house, which is about 300 kilometers from where I was. And he sees a young woman in a red ball dress. Huh. Yeah. So like bang on um, what I had seen. He's seen the same thing and had told this to my dad. So then my dad tells me this. And of course, I kind of freak out and we go over to my grandfather's and we go have a little chat with him. <laughs> Um, so so yeah, I'm, he, I'm speechless because I'm just like the chances of you both having this vision in, or seeing the site in both turning to your dad to, as the one to share it. You know, your dad must have been like, what the like, I think he's the one with the crazy story. He must be like, what is going on here? I think for a second he thought we were like pranking him or something because yeah. our stories were so similar. Uh -huh. And uh, my grandfather was the same thing where he had seen her, looked at her. However, he recognized who it was. Oh. Um, yep. So when I was talking to him, um, I explained what I seen. And he uh, had said that uh, it was, we could, we tried to figure it out, but it was either the day that I had seen it or the day before. Um, my grandfather, when he was about 16, 17, was dating this young woman and uh, he was forced by his family because of religious views they didn't have the same religion as her and her family. And he had to essentially end the relationship. And oh. he had always had such bad feelings because he liked her and, you know, things were good. And he never fully got to explain himself to her. And he said that, you know, all throughout his life, even though he went on to get married and have kids and, you know, had a, a lovely life, he always, you know, thought about her and thought about how things ended and felt bad. Um, and it turns out roughly around the time I had seen this woman in the door. Um, she had passed within a few days of that. Huh. That is that that is wild. I, I'm thinking, you know, if your your grandfather and her must have had a pretty strong connection, so that this much later in life he even remembers what she looks like, because this is someone he was involved with, you know, sixty something years prior. But All right. Um, I wonder, I'm, I'm wondering if she had the same kind of feelings throughout life that he did about, you know, kind of like the one that got away. And maybe that was yeah. something she just clung to, uh, hung on to after, after she passed. Um, but I wonder why she would show herself to you. And, you and so that? that I have my, my um, grandfather and I had actually talked about this prior to him passing about how he always, you know, when he seen her, he felt like she was, you know, checking in on him and just, you know, cause they hadn't seen each other since mm -hmm. that had happened since they had to go their separate ways kind of thing. 
Um, so his theory was that, you know, he was, she was checking on me to see, you know, his grandkid and, and what his life kind of led up to. That's what he always had his theory of was huh. her just checking in. Cause like I said, there was no, at no point was I scared, even though there was this woman in my doorway, I was never wow. afraid or anything like that. Yeah. This kind of, the scene is playing through in my head where she has passed, but has, but has given the opportunity just to kind of go back and check in on people she knew through her life. And for whatever reason, maybe because of your grandfather's connection with her, he was able to see her and maybe something within, you know, the, the energy of her and him and you get thrown in the mix and you're, and you're able to see her as well. That's all I can think of. I know. Yeah. That, that's, that's essentially what he had kind of assumed too. I, I mean, I don't know why, it was me or why I had seen her. I had never heard this story from him before. Um, I had never known about him being with this woman before, neither did my father until, you know, I came to him with the story of this woman in the red dress. And then he explained, you know, who it was to him and uh, the meaning behind who she was. Mm -hmm. and, and do you feel like any fear at all? Like it seemed like overall it was a pleasant experience. Do you feel any fear? No, no, not, not at all. It's uh, like I said, I didn't feel... Uh, scared, afraid, nothing in the moment. Um, I was more so, I guess, just surprised. Um, mm. But there was no fear whatsoever during the whole thing. Wow. Even even afterwards, when I was leaving to go to school, I went I went to school. I had a normal day. I wasn't I wasn't afraid or threatened or anything. It was just I know it sounds weird, but it was a normal day. <laughs> yeah. Laura, I got, I got an email or a message from you earlier. Uh, your story takes us to New Brunswick, but I don't believe you're in New Brunswick. Can you tell us a bit about who you are and where you are? So my name is Laura Keating and uh, I am a horror writer. I currently live in Montreal uh, with my husband and my young son and uh, have kind of lived all over the world. And, uh, you know, it's like, but now we're, we're here and that's, that's really it about me at this point. Raising a um, kid during your pandemic, yeah. always just a, you know, an exciting time. Yeah, you don't have to use your imagination much for horror writing oh. uh, in, the, in the middle of this. Um, your, your story that you, you messaged me about takes place in New Brunswick. What's your connection to New Brunswick? Is that where you're from? Yeah, so I'm from New Brunswick. I was uh, born and raised there, went to university there. Um, uh, I come from a small town, very small, called St. Andrews, which is sometimes affectionately known as St. Andrews by the sea because it truly is right on the ocean. Uh, it's a historical, it's a loyalist town. So it's when people came up um, from actually America, you know, it's like, you know, we're still loyal to the crown and they, they moved to Canada and that's where a lot of them settled. Uh, so it's a very old town and most of the houses are very, very old. And, uh, you know, it's like, so there's a lot of history there. You know, as long as people have been coming there, people have been telling the ghost stories around the earth. The place you might be thinking of is the Algonquin Hotel, which is this great huge hotel at the top of the hill. And uh, mm -hmm. there's reportedly a whole bunch of different ghosts that are there. There's um, also an, an island off the coast of it called Minister's Island. And the buildings on that are 
supposed to be haunted as well. So interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, your story, I believe, involves a house rather than an island or a hotel. Tell me about about this house and how you came to realize that it was maybe haunted. So the house in question was actually the house I was living in when I was a kid. We moved a couple times, but from the age of about seven to when I was 12, we lived at this house at the end of the main street on Water Street. And um, we moved in and things were kind of fine at first, but then we would all start noticing strange things happening. Um, at one point we actually learned the reported name of our ghost, um, which I don't think a lot of people get to have that, <laughs> but mm -hmm. ours was apparently a woman named either Georgie Mears or Georgie Myers. And I don't know where my mother found that bit of information, but later on in life, when I went back to visit the house, uh, it's now an art gallery, and I wanted to take a look, see how much it had changed. I asked them if, like, you know, if they had noticed anything, and one of the owners said, it's like, oh, are you talking about Georgie? I'm like, so apparently that name has somehow gotten passed down. Wow. So, so, so as a, as a like a seven to twelve year old living in this house, what what led you to learn? First of all, what led you to learn it was haunted? Like, what was going on in there? Well, it was mostly just the experiences we were having. So there's the classic things of footsteps. Um, this is not one I experienced, but my stepfather, one night he was sitting downstairs in our living room and he was alone in the house. And my sisters and I and my mother were up out somewhere. And he was watching TV downstairs and he heard footsteps, very clear, like hard soled shoes, footsteps. And they walked along the hallway upstairs and then slowly one, two, three, all the way down the stairs. And so he really thinks there's someone in the house. So he's sitting very still thinking whoever it is, he'll surprise them. They come through the living room, through the hallway, and the door to the living, to the TV room is open. And they come and they stop in front of the open doorway, but there was no one there. And the footsteps did not repeat themselves afterwards. Huh. That was one of the things. And then there would be other things like um, there was this sound that would start and it was kind of like a roll sound, roll, roll, and then clap, clap, and then roll, clap, clap, and then roll, clap, clap, and a whirr sound. And this could be heard at night. And what we realized was this is the sound of a spinning wheel. And I guess a whirl, clap, clap, spin, roll, clap, clap, spin. And uh, one of the things that Georgie did, uh, she, she would spin. She had this spinning wheel. And I guess people knew that somehow around town. This is, again, when we started looking for information, we learned these things. So, yeah, so noises, footsteps, I mean, it's like that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the idea of the sound of the spinning wheel is yeah. kind of eerie. That one was the most eerie because it would build. You know, it would be piece by piece the sounds that came together. And, you know, it's hard to identify something that, you know, is not used every day. Um, but then after a while, it's like, oh, that's what that is. That's the sound of a spinning wheel. So, which is fun. Hmm. And as far as like identifying the ghosts, like it sounds like your mom kind of got interested in this as well. Do you know how she came to learn the name or what, like what led to you that? You know what? I have, I have no idea. I've never really asked her how she found that out. I think you just, you just, yeah, it's normal. Well, she also, I think that she saw more things and heard more things in the house that she even told us kids while we were living there just yeah. because she didn't want to scare us. But uh, there was lots of things that we encountered on our own. that were very scary. My older sister, her room was at the other end of the house from um, mine and my youngest sister. 
And she would frequently come into one of our rooms and she would sleep there. And, I, and we found out that she was afraid to sleep in her own room, despite being the oldest, because, and this is going to sound, you know, really kind of strange, but she said that she would see faces in the wallpaper as though they were trying to push her in the wallpaper. And, I'm, and I was like, you're no way. And she, but she didn't tell us that as little kids. And it, it was after we moved out of the house. She was like, that's why I didn't want to sleep there. She's like, cause it looked like there was faces moving in the walls. And I'm like, well, that's, that's straight up some Shirley Jackson stuff. There. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So, you know, little, not little, but things like that. Yeah. You know, you start to, you start to kind of get used to it in a weird way. It, you know, it's like with something new and really terrifying. <laughs> well, it's, but, it's definitely new. Uh, yeah. do, do you recall, like when, do you recall the first experience you had there? Like uh, that made you like, you know, connect to it or feel uneasy? Yeah. You know, it's like there would be things like, like I said, you know, hearing footsteps, footsteps became a common mm -hmm. one. The the first real instance was the one with my stepfather, but you, we would all hear footsteps or mm -hmm. sometimes at night it would sound like through you'd hear whispering. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like a properly proper haunted house. Stuff. Yeah. So, you know, so, lying but, in bed at night trying to sleep and then there's just, it sounds like there's, there's whispering coming from the side of your bed, but there's, there's no one there. And, uh, and then you hear a spinning wheel. And then you hear the spinning there. wheel or, you know, it's like, or we had dogs and there was one night it's like, you know, we, you know, it's like thought there was noise that happened. Like maybe the dogs were up and playing somehow in the middle of the night. And, but the next morning, again, my mother went down and she thought, oh, like it was like the little turn, everything was fine. And the dogs were asleep in the room they normally slept in, which was not where the noise was coming from. But the carpet in the hallway was missing. And all the doors were locked to the house, you know, it's like, and so she's like, where's the carpet? And she opened the door to the kitchen, which had also been closed. And the carpet was in front of the refrigerator, neatly folded in an accordion fashion, very neat. <laughs> and so, wow. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, so, bizarre. yeah, lots of like, you know, lots of things like that. Just, you know, that lots of people have said, they're like, there's no way that happened. I'm like, yeah, that, that's just, like I said, one of the many weird things that happened in that house. Mm -hmm. Have you ever considered like investigating or learning more about this ghost and the, this particular person that led to this, you know, series of yeah, hauntings? I, I've tried, but um, you know, sh this person, she lived so long ago. I think this was, you know, over a hundred years ago, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think there was that many records on her. She was just a person. And I don't mm -hmm. know where the suspicion started that it was her. Uh, so, you know, it's like, it's not like she was anyone special. She was just a person who lived. And so, yeah. you know, finding more information has been really difficult. And there doesn't seem to be anything particular about the house itself it was never the site of some horrible accident as far as we could find you know mm -hmm. it's never it wasn't the site of it was like some great injustice it's just a house so a house that a person lived in and for whatever reason that person maybe hasn't left, left all the way yeah. um yeah because there's there's some like with the idea of hauntings and stuff. Some people think it's, you know, something horrible happened and some person died an untimely death and they're just stuck there for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but maybe she just really liked her house and that's where she wants to stay and she's not ready to leave yet. So she's there walking around and, you know, and spinning yarn like she did 120 she's years ago. She's still just taking care of the place. She just wants to make sure it's still good. And, you know, we, we did the best we could. <laughs>
I'm Marisa, and um, uh, I'm a commercial cleaner. We clean restaurants and um, buildings and offices, warehouses, stuff like that. Okay, because and we're going to be talking about a ghost story, but I often think like the cleaner, like if a building's haunted, it's probably the cleaner <laughs> is the one that's going to know because you're there when everybody else is gone and it's quiet. And very weird hours. We work very strange hours. Yeah. Yeah, like late at night, early in the morning would be typical. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Right around witching hour. You know, three a.m. It's oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, perfect time. So you would see some stuff, but you, um, I think the the story you're going to share isn't so much about a place you were. Is it a place you were cleaning? I know it's like a train station slash hotel. Yeah, so um, it's a place we were cleaning. It was a pub. Um, mm -hmm. it's in New Westminster, British Columbia, and it was called uh, the Terminal Pub, and it was a weird place. Stuff happened all the time like when we were cleaning um the water taps would turn on we'd hear water running and we'd go behind the bar and there was water running and it's like did you turn it on and the person i worked with would be like no did you and i'm like no <laughs> so um and we wear backpack vacuums uh and okay. we'd be vacuuming and all of a sudden um they would just turn off and it wasn't from the plug it was from the actual vacuum has a on off switch. So it was at oh. the vacuum, the switch was off because we'd go to the plug and it's like, well, no, it's plugged in, but it was actually the switch. So, weird. yeah, so they were very close. To <laughs> the, the pipes is a weird, but like faucets turning on is strange. Because I, I can understand um, if an old building has faulty wiring or whatever, it may cause light switches and stuff like that to be weird. But yeah. A pipe and like a faucet, that's a bit more of a mechanical thing that kind of requires intervention to yeah, open or close. You have to turn them, right? So they would either, it would always be behind the bar that it would turn on or in the men's washroom. And the area of the men's washroom was like super active. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in your email, you you told me a little bit of a story where it's almost like you walked into like a party of ghosts or something with, with a with a workmate. What is the story with that? Yeah. So I've been working with the same uh, partner uh, for about um, ten years. Like, oh, wow. We we work together almost daily, right? So um, we went in. It was a typical early morning. It was about five a.m. And um, usually we don't get deliveries until about seven, like just when we're just about to leave. Um, and uh, when we're working, it's usually divide and conquer. She'll take one side and I'll take the other. And when we're done, we, we meet in the middle and go home. But um, so she went to the women's washroom. So you have to go down to the very end of the bar. And she was on the left. I went to go clean the men's washroom, <laughs> which is all the way down to the end of the bar to the right. Um, and we were both in there and uh, all of a sudden I heard, and she heard it at exactly the same time. It, it sounded like about 20 people had walked in. Like I heard laughing and talking and I thought, like I thought that someone had actually turned on the radio, like the, the sound system, because we used to do that sometimes when it was creepy, we'd turn on the music. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so I could have sworn, like I thought maybe the staff had come in early or 
I, I don't know. I, it literally sounded like 20 people having a party at the bar, like a full bar. Mm-hmm. So I walked out all like, okay, there's going to be a bunch of people in here. Let's find out who it is. And her and I both walked out of our washrooms and just stood in this empty bar and we just stared at each other <laughs> because she walked out at exactly the same time I did. Hearing the same thing? Yeah. And she looked at me and she said, did you hear that? And I looked at her and I said, did you hear that? And we weren't like, we just looked, it was, it was absolutely silent. It was like when we walked in, it was quiet. And then, and there was nobody there and like absolutely nobody. The, I checked the front door. The door was still locked. Nobody was in the parking lot. And then we just didn't even say anything. And we turned around and just kept cleaning. <laughs> and then we cleaned really, really fast. <laughs> and, then, and then people started coming in around seven. And that's when we just left. So, well, And let them deal with it. Yeah. We didn't even say anything. We just kind of, I don't even think we talked all the way home because we, we carpooled together. And I think it's like, it's a 20 minute drive home. I don't think either of us said anything we just sat there and just weird no, but it, so what what could be an explanation for it not uh, ghosts yeah <laughs> well i just i can't imagine like what would lead to that because it's when you hear it like an old building you know the uh, like i mentioned electrical things or maybe the wood is like settling and there's like crackling sounds or you know because some people will explain away footsteps being like you know it's just the sun hitting yeah. the building and things are settling. happening yeah, settling. But the idea of a like just a, a kind of a quick commotion—it sounds like a, a scene out of The Shining or something. It, that's exactly what it, <laughs> it was. It was li- it literally like she came out the way she burst out of the like we both kind of just swung the doors open because you're not expecting anybody at like five in the morning. We're like, what the heck? And uh, yeah, no, it it definitely sounded like a party. We heard people laughing like talking really loud um i don't know there may or may not have been music i can't really i just remember the laughing and the talking and i was like who is so loud like and for it to even come through the bathroom door Mm -hmm. because the doors like the washrooms are kind of like around the corner and they have these big doors (laughs) it's like and this is the middle of the night right well 5 a.m but around okay. a.m. Yeah, we just got there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking like if you know a crowd walking by on the outside of the building or something, but there's not going to no. be a crowd at five in the morning. The area where it's in is super industrial, so there are lots of trucks. Um, there are trains, um, but it didn't sound like a truck. It didn't sound like a train. This was people, like a bunch of people, not like a person. We're talking like a like a lot of people <laughs> were having a party and that's pretty yeah <laughs> i want to thank you for joining shannon g nicole p laura keating and marissa and i stories like theirs are what this show is all about regular people getting mixed up with the unusual Unfortunately, living to tell about it. And with that, I'll wrap up this episode of Nighttime, but before we part, I have to give some thanks. 
First, a big thanks to my guests in this episode and to everyone who wrote in offering to share your stories. I plan to make episodes like this an annual event, so if you have a story to share, let me know and we can chat next October. Next, a big shout out to Monty Data for contributing the music to this episode. It's a piece called Noir Tokyo. And lastly, a massive thanks to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, please listen on the premium feed. For about the price of a cup of coffee, you can keep the show alive at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And with that said, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Spooky Shannon G, Terrifying Tanya G, James the Butcher of New York, Hammering Derek Cameron, and Killing Jillian S. Thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support this show but can't subscribe to the premium feed, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing the episodes on social media and letting like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas or if you want to give feedback on the show, you can reach me at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact or on social media. I use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm often live on the Nighttime YouTube channel. So until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. Um, as a, as a cleaner, what is like, what is like the worst job when you, what is something where you're like, you get the gig to clean blank place and you're like, oh man, those places suck. Is it a bar? I'm thinking bathrooms at a bar, like, uh, at the end of the night, I I wouldn't want to have to be the one who goes in and cleans that out. (laughs) Well, um, we used to clean a very high end restaurant in Vancouver and those washrooms were way worse than any pub I've ever cleaned. I'll tell you. Really? (laughs) Yes. That was absolutely awful. Very what about the restaurant? <laughs> what about the men's versus the women's washroom? Oh, this is a big debate, um, and uh, I know people aren't going to probably like to hear this, but the women are way worse than the boys. <laughs> Sorry, ladies, you're terrible. <laughs> <laughs>